episode 73 of Shades Midweek, a podcast where we talk about theology, culture, and all things Shades. My name is John Mark DeRoe, and I'm the worship and community pastor here at Shades, and I am joined this week by Mr. Jonathan Haves. What's up, dude? You know what? We're sans one Brad Brown again. I I think this is the fourth episode in a row where one of us has been missing, I think. Yeah, well, and I really wish he was here. Maybe three. Because I I think we're just going to start this uh, pod off just heading straight down to the email corridor. I wasn't expecting that. You weren't ready for it. But I jumped on it after I I had to remember what button it was. (laughs) Well, the reason reason we're going straight down here is because we did get one email, and it's about Brad. It is. It is. So uh, Caitlin Pippins wrote in to Midweek, and all she said was, this is for Brad, and it's a picture. John Mark, do you want to describe this image to people? Yeah, let me pull it up real quick. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just like doing things, no, not, not is, prepping you for it no, at all. This is great. I'm loving it so far. Yeah, uh, subject was, this is for Brad, and it's basically a picture of Caitlin, and she is in our live stream booth. Uh, it's a booth that's upstairs in the building. We always have someone every Sunday that's managing and running the live stream for Sunday mornings. And so Caitlin does this a lot of the time. So it's a screenshot of the computer monitor and it's Brad preaching, I believe on July, on July 4th. 4th. Yeah. Um, and up above there's some text that just says lovingly, Happy birthday, Brad. And what I want to know is, was this actually displayed like on the live stream? It looks like it may have. On July 4th. It looks like it may have been <laughs> in Some, the middle of his sermon. Caitlin, you got to tell us. So, Caitlin, right back to the email corridor and let us know, please. So, well. But that's all we had there this yeah, week. I really just wanted to make fun of the fact that Brad wasn't here to appreciate it because, you know, he's missing again. Yeah. I know. But that's fine. He needs to get it together. We love you anyway, Brad. All right. Well, moving along, uh, I've got an album this week. JM's album of the week. Okay, so I was really thinking a lot about what I wanted to do for this week. I had actually had another album in mind that I was listening to some that I had recently discovered. But then as I was listening to that one, I was on Instagram And I saw a producer that I follow post uh, this song that he helped produce by an artist that I'd never heard of before. The artist is Avi Kaplan. It's either Kaplan or Coplan. I don't know how to pronounce it. I don't think I've heard of this. I looked him up. He is, he's in the band Pentatonics. Okay. Have heard of. And he's the, he's the guy that sings all the bass parts. Okay. So his voice is incredibly low. It's amazing. So I clicked on it, and I'm just going to play you guys a snippet of it, but it's got a folksy kind of country What's it called? Americana. The name of the song is uh, Song for the Thankful, and it's a single that he put out this year, like two, three months ago. Goodbye, darkness, so to the light. Every morning is an end to a night. Yeah. Does he have other stuff out? Is this he's like got? Stuff? He has some other records. Um, I haven't listened to them. I mean, I literally just discovered him two hours yeah. ago. the The way you so, the way you wove to this, like through the producer and all that kind of yeah. stuff, made me think. I told you I'm watching this thing on Netflix right now. This docu series called This Is Pop. Yes. Which language warning if anybody watches it. 
But the last episode that I watched was about basically producers in Sweden and how virtually every pop hit ever has come out of producers from Sweden. Wow. Well, yeah. What's the guy? uh, Is it is it pop music that's tied to a certain era? Or is it just... No, no. It, it, it runs... Uh, it'll take like a particular aspect of pop music okay. and trace out kind of the history of it. So one episode was dedicated to the history of auto-tune. Yes. Which was yeah, yeah. really I've had cool. two people send that to me. Not yeah. just you. Somebody else sent it to me. Yeah, yeah. So it, it covers all sorts of different stuff. But anyway, sorry I didn't mean to get off no, of no, this. No, no, no. I actually kind of wanted to get to this part of the song anyways because it's my favorite <laughs> part. <laughs> so he does this little tag at the end of verse two. But I just like this single a lot, and I'm going to listen to some of his other records. Check this out. This, this just feels good right here. Yeah. I can dig it. I've listened to it loudly in my office this morning. <laughs> Well, nice. So yeah, that's my album of the week. It's uh, just a single song for the faith, uh, song for the thankful. Avi Kaplan, Coplin. Somebody write in and tell me how to say that. But we'll have to figure that out. Need to watch a video or something. All right. Well, do you have a book? Uh, I mean, just press the button. I don't know why I do that every time I get to sub on Bradford's book yeah, club, but we're going to need to cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to need to stop that. Oh, well, anyway, so yeah, um, the the book that I chose for this week, um, I'm, I'm going to pull a, a Bradford at this moment. Brad sometimes recommends books that he either hasn't read <laughs> or has only read part of. Yeah. Oh, uh, just it's because true. you know they're they're good books and have come highly recommended. So I'm recommending a book that I haven't read. Because I just got it, but it came to me highly recommended via Colin Hansen. So oh, Colin, nice. Colin did a tour, uh, a civil rights Birmingham tour for uh, several of the Shades leadership a couple of weeks ago. We all got to be on that, and hopefully yes. we'll get to share more of that with you through an interview with Colin sometime soon. Yes. Um, but uh, at the end of the tour, I asked for book recommendations, and I ordered a few of the ones that he he recommended. And this one particularly, when I ordered it, it was only $14.99. And I didn't check the page length or anything. So I was not expecting the tome. That is that came like in. 800 pages? This is a brick, <laughs> y'all. This thing, no, if you, include the in, if you include the indexes, it goes over a thousand. Um, so the book is. Just some light reading. <laughs> so the book is Parting the Waters. Uh, the subtitle is America in the King Years, uh, obviously Martin Luther King Jr. America in the King Years, 1954 to 1963. It's by Taylor Branch, who is a journalist by trade. And uh, Colin just really highly recommended this book if you would like a history of the civil rights movement. Um, and I have had several other people who've just seen it as they walked into my office who have either read it or read parts of it and just mm. raved about it. So I'm really excited about this book. It's got it's got pictures. 
Um, I love, gotta love that. It's got a couple of pictures, and it has some pictures from my uh, my hometown where I grew up, of Albany, Georgia. In here. Wow. And and the things that took place there with King when he got arrested in Albany, and and of course it's got stuff from Birmingham as well, which became kind right. of like the the hub um, of of a lot of the civil rights movement. So. So yeah, so that's my recommendation for this week on a history of the civil rights movement. Parting the Waters, America in the King Years, 1954 to 63 by Taylor Branch. And All that, 1,000 pages. And that recommendation came to you via Colin Hansen. Colin Hansen. Uh, can you tell everyone just briefly, briefly who Colin Hansen is, what he does? Uh, Colin is also a journalist and a historian by trade. He was uh, an editor at Christianity Today at one point in time, but yeah. currently he serves as the vice president of the Gospel Coalition. He does the podcast called uh, Gospel Bound. He's an author, yeah. uh, tour guide, speaker. Um, he does a little bit of everything, but he's just, he's he's a good guy, really. really if, good. I, if I may, might recommend, there is an episode of his Gospel Bound podcast that I listened to recently featuring Justin Gibney of the and campaign. We've talked about the and campaign here before. Mm-hmm. I'm forgetting the other gentleman that is on that same episode, but they discuss uh, Christian nationalism. So um, if you don't know about that podcast, gospel bound, uh, go check out that, that episode. It's really illuminating. Michael Horton, Michael Horton, Michael Horton, who I quoted on Sunday. Okay. Um, yes. And, and the quote came from the podcast you're talking about. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's a, it's a really helpful uh, podcast and you can watch it. They filmed it. There's a video of it on YouTube. If, you, oh, if you'd nice. rather, if you'd rather I watch the listen. video, I listened to um, it while I was cutting and, grass. Well, day. and there's also, there's a, a short talk by Michael Horton and a short talk by uh, Justin Gibney. You can find, there are separate videos. You can find those. And then they kind of do a Q and a, like a, a panel. as the podcast. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I thought all of them were, were very helpful. So, Very cool. Well, what are we doing today, Jonathan? Who do we have in the studio here Yes, with us? you may have noticed via some laughter that there's more than just John Mark and myself present <laughs> here. Even though Brad's not here, we, we have two other distinguished mm. gentlemen in, in the uh, Four Stream studio. We have one Sir William Arthur Ashley. Yeah. Ooh. Listeners will be very familiar with William as he is a frequent writer into the, <laughs> by frequent, I think, twice right, into yeah. the uh, the Shades Midweek uh, email corridor. Right. So, William, thank you for joining us. Hey, I'm honored and joyful to be here. So. Is the studio every bit as luxurious as you anticipated? I think it's quite cozy. Quite if cozy. That means anything. Good. It's what we call a work in progress. I love it. Alongside of William is the one, mm-hmm. and thank the Lord, the only, no, the, in, the, in, the incomparable, the infamous. Yes, maybe that's better. Kenyon Ross. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I would like to point out that at the end of the song you were playing earlier, you yeah. might hear a little bit of harmony. Oh, oh, you, was that I, you? I, mean, you, you I thought that was the track. But okay. That was you the I'm whole just time. Say it. Wow. Oh, okay. I didn't know. Listeners, I believe all of you will be familiar with Kenyon. Um, if if you're not, uh, his wife Amy has been on the show a long time ago because we obviously love her more. Yeah, um, 
Yeah, last, <laughs> last year, I think, in fact. I'm yeah. typically referenced by her. I'm her husband, that's uh, it. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, thank you both uh, for being here. And we do eventually want to have both of y'all on here. Y'all are both members of Shades. We want to have both of you on here to do Meet a Member episodes. That's not what we're doing right. uh, today. It, it's hard with the Meet a Member series. Like, we'd love to do one with everybody. Right. But right. even if we were doing nothing but the Meet a Member series every week, it would take us three years. Mm. Yeah. To do the membership, so right. that looks so about please right. n- please nobody get offended if you haven't been asked yet. We're working on it, okay? <laughs> we promise. Slow, yeah, it's a slow progress. We're we're gonna get through it one day eventually. Uh, but we'll have you all back for that. But today we've asked you because both of you are heavily involved in the leadership of the West Homewood Farmers Market uh, and a newer organization, the West Homewood Company, and we wanted to bring you on to to talk about that because while there are people. At Shades, who will obviously be familiar with the the story of the market and and what it is and all that. There's newer people that uh, won't be as familiar with that, and there may even be people in the community who stumble across this who would love to hear some of that story and history. So that's what we're doing. All right, yay! <laughs> so yeah, so what, uh, Kenyon? This is probably going to be mostly directed at you, sure. um, because you're ancient. Um, but <laughs> I told him this much uh, once. <laughs> I'm going to give Kenyon way too hard yes. of a time. People are going to rag me about it. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, Kenyon, tell us um, just what the West Homewood Farmer Farmers Market is. Maybe that's where we can start. William, well, chime in on that too, and then sure. uh, maybe tell us, you know, how it got started. Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for having us. Yeah. Um, this is a story we love to tell. Thank you for paying um, us. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and I like to note we all have beards. I thought that's one way I might become an elder at that's some true. point in this church is having a beard. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, first, if you don't know, this the market has been going on. This is our 11th season, um, which we've been very, it's been fruitful, no pun intended, um, but it's been amazing. Um to be a part of the market. And I oftentimes, because I'm the market manager and sort of the face of the organization, so to speak. Um, Which y'all really should have done a better job. I know. Job we, tried, we tried to use an avatar, but it didn't work. No. All right, I really am going to have to break, <laughs> like, back off here. Tell Mark, no, you're no. Gonna, you're gonna take Keep it coming, baby. Keep it coming. Uh, but the, the truth is, this, uh, this began through a guy that was teaching here. At, he was a member here. He and his wife uh, were here, you know, 12 years ago. Right. Ron Pate, right? Ron Pate. Which um, I never met Ron, but I, well, I've met him since. Yes. But, uh, but I feel like I know Ron. Yes. <laughs> Ron, uh, you know, Ron has got a degree in urban development. He is, in my opinion, beyond his years and, and understanding that and, Loves the Lord and and also just um, for me, just having a relationship with them has been revolutionary in my thinking about really the gospel and the world, the, the community we live in, and um, and doing good. So Ron had a concept that he called, and he's changed the name a couple times, but <laughs> he called it "What Is Good" when we were around. So we actually had a small group called "What Is Good," and I'll. Which is based on the question out of Genesis, right? Yes. Yep. So or based on on the concept of God calling things good in Genesis. Yes. Um, he then he moved it to getting to good, and then and then now he's he's I think he's going to be branding it living in story. Hope that's okay to share, Ron. Uh, <laughs> let me know before that while they're edi- editing. Um, so yeah, the concept was looking at the things that God has created. You know, obviously there's a bunch of them in Genesis one. 
uh, that he called good. But there are principles and concepts throughout Scripture where God has, you know, created something that's good that we can get involved in. And that's the idea is that you actually literally will look at those things and get involved in them. Um, one of the first things in Genesis, I believe it's one twenty-eight, where he, he, he makes human in, humans in his image. And the, one of the very first things, and I'm paraphrasing here, but is, you know, that reflecting his image, one of the things it means is taking care of the land, the animals, the birds, the earth itself. And so when this light bulb sort of went off for us, the, just that one concept, you know, it was like, hey, is anybody doing this? Now, Rick and Joe Kittinger were in our group, and they are actual farmers too. <laughs> so they were like, yeah, I'm doing that. Um, but we were, we were, most of us just were felt disconnected to that to concept. That, that yeah. concept. Uh, I'm going to chime in here. Yeah. The, the, the biblical, just the, the canon, is full of examples of, um, of little bits and pieces here, details in in the the writers wrote concerning taking care of the animals a lot of the time there is kindness towards oxen i don't remember where that was but there there are mentions of kindness towards oxen and um jeff and i too i think yeah he's making things up (laughs) right right um (laughs) and mentions of letting the land rest um in between you know on the year of jubilee and uh, mentions of, I think the the poor man who had the lamb whom he fed as a child in, um, I guess that's Nehemiah, Nehemiah's um, pro, uh, condemnation of of David, a rebuke of David, um, and I think that is that is that right, Jonathan? Nathan. 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 The I, I got Nathan. it yeah, yeah. And, and mixed up. You're good. Stumbling over my words here. Yeah. Um, but there are examples of this relationship between humans and the land throughout Scripture, and I think it's it's a very strong indicator that we we in our right place will be interacting with the land in a kind and fruitful manner, and letting the land rest when we need to. Um, and any good farmer will tell you that you need to let the ran- land rest, otherwise it's not going to produce fruit. C.S. So. Lewis, J.R. Tolkien, and Wendell Berry would all uh, agree with you and, yeah. and, and applaud you. No, I'm yeah. just... Um, so out of this concept comes this idea, um, one, for connecting y'all with, with this, you know, doing this farmer's market is a way for y'all to connect. But it also it didn't just have to do with y'all, it had to do with the community as well. Sure. So, so talk about that. What was y'all's desire in starting a market in the community? Well... So when this light bulb went off for us about trying to do something, we, we knew it was going to be something agricultural. And so we began to watch, te- and that Ron was kind of guiding us throughout this whole thing, but he began to show us TED Talks and, and looking at articles of people doing different things, having to do with, uh, you know, either, well, all ag- agriculture related. Sure. Um, it wasn't hard to get kind of inspired. Um, like there was a guy in Chicago that literally he lived in kind of an inner city area and he began to build gardens in between the sidewalk and the street. He just made these above ground gardens and, and the community, which had notoriously stayed in their apartments, um, began to come outside and work the gardens and get to know their neighbor. Mm -hmm. And, you know, 
it's a cool it's a cool story um and there's there's so many stories like that and one one thing that was other uh, sort of another light bulb is this is Genesis one twenty eight. He's not necessarily talking about Christians. He's talking about humans being made in his image. Right. Now I realize people, everybody listening to this may not believe that, but that that is something that as Christians we believe that all humans are made in the image of God. And so he's calling everybody to do this. And so I believe just at a core level, there's something inside everyone that thinks taking care of land and animals is a good thing. You know, so they wouldn't disagree with God to say that it is good when he said that so many times in Genesis one. Um, and so as far as the community is concerned, and we call the farmer's market an initiative, our hope was sort of that it would be one of many initiatives that would be like this. Um, not just doing with agriculture, but any of those things that God calls good. Um, our hope was that the community would feel that same connection to the call that we felt called and that they would want to come work beside us and doing things. And to some effect, that has happened. Now, they've definitely engaged the market. And we we actually... Right. Yeah, it's been a great community builder. It, mm-hmm. it really has. And because, you know, if you don't... For those of y'all that weren't here 12 years ago, uh, you had to be careful walking the streets sometimes in West Homewood. I definitely, at 4 a.m., saw prostitutes walking the street. Um, this was This was an area that was... Uh, not really recognized as a gr- as the greatest place to live, like it like it really is right now. It's changed. It's changed a lot, um, and so having an event here like a farmers market was well. The councilman at the time, the mayor, they all they all say it's the the catalyst that brought this community. One of the many things, but the the catalyst that that began some of the new development in this area. So no wait, 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 Kenyon, yep. because I was thinking that the goal of the market was just to get people from the community inside the doors of Shades Valley. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Let me tell you, isn't that the whole purpose? You know, um, honestly, it I'm was, being sarcastic in case well, you, anybody can't notice. No, no, but you can be sarcastic, but it was actually really something I struggled with. Sure. Before the market, I literally was going door to door. I just felt called to share the gospel door to door in this neighborhood. Um, and so I, I literally thought, and I've argued with this with Ron for a long time, that this would be a way easier way to do it <laughs> than going to, right. their, to their door, which was embarrassing in some ways. And, but I'll have to tell that another time. It was an incredible experience. But so Ron sat, came, actually, we sat in this out here one day, had a meeting, and I thought, oh, crap, I'm in trouble again. And, and he really was concerned because I had fought this need for an agenda. And, you know, churches can have some agendas. Um, and they're good agendas, but they're, but this was something, his concept was, hey, go do something good because God called it good. It reflects his image. And don't have, you don't have to have another agenda to have an excellent farmer's market. And so, but it's funny to get people in churches to volunteer, including me at the time. I was thinking, I'm going to spend... Well, in the last 11 years, I've probably spent 3,000-plus hours volunteering for this. So to get people to give their time to something like this, you, you know, it needs to be taking care of the poor or sharing the gospel or, you know, the typical things that we oftentimes get involved in. Again, good things, but... Um, and so, man, it finally, a light bulb went off in my head that I can do this without having to think how I'm going to share the gospel with somebody, you know, 
which would feel like a bait and switch if you came to the market. Right, right. It's that it's that whole con. It's not that we don't believe in sharing the gospel sure. as Christians, but it's that whole concept of like, um, are we doing this to like bait and switch? Hey, you're coming here for food, and ha, yeah. we, we swapped yeah. it on you. Or is it more? Hey, we want to have real relationships with people, and then you know what? In the context of those real relationships, of course, we'll talk yeah. about our faith. You know, but that's yeah. not it's not a bait and switch. Not at all. I said I went to six hundred doors, doing my best to share the gospel with people. I have shared the gospel tenfold that in telling the story of the market, how it's impacting me. And that's something I think that Christians like that have my thinking at that time can really hopefully hear and, and, and um, glean something from is that, man, if you have a story going on with God, like if there's something that you're actively, like God is moving in you and changing your heart, even if it doesn't feel spiritual, you know, like a working in a farm or something, you know, um, that story is, I think, powerful. And I think people recognize, you know, God, they see God in that story. And I think you still have to use words about the gospel, but, but it, but it has changed dramatically for me and how I approach that. We got an email recently about the power of narrative and story. I don't know who wrote that. <laughs> William. Oh, no, no. Well, no, I mean, that, that's awesome. You said the market's been going on, you know, now for goodness, this is the 11th season. Um, so uh, t- tell us um, maybe, and, and William, I'm sure you can jump in on this too, because your role in the market is huge uh, starting this year. Um, what are what are some of yeah. the challenges, maybe, and lessons you learn from running a farmers market? Um, you know that maybe maybe you know people. I mean, people obviously don't see everything that goes into it. Sure. We all show up and we're like, ah, oh, this is here. This is right. awesome. <laughs> you know, um, but maybe what are some of those uh, challenges, lessons learned? Um, one particular thing that's that's that I'm realizing is a challenge this year is. Um, you know, we may have a vision for the market. Um, you know, we have a plan, but the Lord directs our steps. Um, and often, while we have a vision for the market or a, a way we want it to go, uh, sometimes the Lord takes it in a different direction. And um, that's not to say that that our plan was just intrinsically awful. Um, and it's not to say that... Um, that perhaps elements of that plan won't won't really make an appearance. But, uh, you know, one of the things I'm realizing is a lot of people come to the market and um, we, we are, we have, and we are strengthening the community or, or God is using us to do that. Um, But at the same time, a lot of people come and they get dinner and then they leave. And a lot of the farmers suffer for that. Um, because they'll see people come into a food truck and then walk away and not come to their stall. And that's very difficult for me to, to deal with personally. Um, before I go on to ease my conscience, is Nehemiah, Nehemiah's rebuilding the city, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. I'm just making sure I'm not going crazy here. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. Um, so speaking on rebuilding the city, my brain works in circles here. Um, like, I think, I think that is certainly part of our desire is to contribute to a healthy community and a stable community and a safe community. One of the big objectives of the farmers market is providing a safe place mm-hmm. for people. Uh, but 
in terms of taking care of the land and the animals, that is a very difficult thing to motivate people to just want. Uh, and in spite, you know, no one wants to abuse a dog. Mm. I mean, some people do, but mm-hmm. but people, you know, a lot of people, you know, they they'll look at a dog abuse situation and say this is wrong, uh, but they don't realize that often, you know, if we are, to, I mean, we're we're doing this with all of creation, um, and we really should be giving a mind to taking care of figuratively the poor puppy that's starving on the streets um, and literally all of creation around us that is that poor puppy starving on the streets um, by supporting maybe sustainable and local initiatives for farming you know a- agricultural groups and people and um, even taking I think I think one of the things that a lot of people don't recognize is that there are so many steps we can take in our own lives to do that, to take care of mm. the land and the animals, whether that's um, reducing plastic waste or, um, say, working in a community garden. or I mean, there's so many things that we can do, so many things. And the challenge is, for me, the long-term challenge is going to be how do we mo- how do we subtly and kindly motivate people mm. to recognize these things? Um, yeah, that's good. And and I'll just add to that. Uh, being involved for eleven years now, and part of my job is marketing and like you know, like we have a rule at the market. There's no politics and no religion as far as the structure. Like we. We don't invite Shades Valley or any other church or any other, you know, um, uh, well, you have to make, grow, or produce something. So, right. I mean, I guess you could say we're producing Christians in churches, but but you follow them. Um, yes. Yeah. It's a maker's mark. Market. I can't have a booth to preach from. Can you? you can try. <laughs> <laughs> you can well, apply, but no, we won't totally, say yes. Totally get what you're saying. Totally. totally get what you're saying. And a lot of times, you know, it also applies to politics. Like, so we don't, we've right. had... Time after time, politicians, um, great people that I've gotten to meet um, that want to come hand out flyers, or right. and we just we just don't we just keep it like you were describing it as a safe place. And so I'll talk personally as the market manager and sort of as we structure this thing, even as it relates to marketing it and whether we had food trucks or not, or. Um, because it really does, as, as William described, it does kind of hurt. It helps in one way because lots of people. Right, sure. Yeah. If you came last night, you'll see Cousins Main Lobster had an hour for uh, a two hour line. Wow. From before the market started till after everything had shut down and it rained. People be, people right. be crazy about some lobster. I mean, right? it was and, it's amazing. And the other thing is, Stuff a lot is of those a sea people, spider, it's a yeah. sea insect. I don't even like it. What is, I don't, I don't understand. Like it I'm yeah. just but a lot of those people, they'll, they'll come to those and they'll also come to the vendors. Right, right. But sure, some sure. of those people, I'm not accusing everyone of, sure. you know, not coming to the farmers or the artisans or whoever else is there. But a lot of those people won't. A lot of those people will and a lot of those people won't. So it's, you know. Yeah. You know, last night I handed everybody in that line a bag and said, this is, while you're waiting on your lobster, go get some vegetables and fruits. Right. <laughs> you know, right. um, so you can only, you can only 
do what you can do. And, and, uh, and the vendors were extremely happy that that much traffic came for one food truck. So there's a balance there and it's right. diff, it's difficult. Um, I'll say it as the manager of this, I lost my way a little bit in the vision of this thing. Um, a couple of years ago, matter of fact, I won't say who, but I got called out pretty heavily by, by someone in the neighborhood, um, about it. And I just immediately was able to confess because I just knew exactly what the person was saying that, I mean, he called it basically a thrift or what, what do you call flea it? Flea market. Flea market. Yeah. Mm, wow. And I was, and that's no offense to our vendors that sell other things besides vegetables, but, um, <laughs> we, we need you to. Yes. But, but there really was this sense that we got off track. And so, um, Funny enough, the Alabama Farmers Market Authority is very got a, a very hardline vision for that. Of course, that's their job and their their whole uh, everything. And I just because I wanted this also to be kind of a community. I love you know the festival like feeling, right, all the stuff right. for the kids and all that stuff. Right. I've pushed back against a lot of their things that they've requested or guidance they've given and some I'm okay with, but that was one I probably shouldn't have pushed or you may not know. Um, they have a, you can become a certified farmer's market. If you have 70%, I thought it was just food, but it actually has to do with more with food that comes actually from the land directly. Hmm. You know, um, there, and so this certification is coming, there's like a governing body. There is over farmer market. Farmers markets in this within the state of That's Alabama. Correct. Is it the Alabama Farmer Certified Farmers Market Authority or something well, like okay. that? There's always a bureaucracy. Yeah. Of course, <laughs> they're good. They're really good people. They have yes. helped. They helped us tremendously. Sure. Uh, you know, they had list of farmers that we could call, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, so I really do appreciate them. I just wasn't. It what just didn't feel like. It, bottom line is, especially after getting called out, I knew we had to make a shift this year, and it's been one of the best things we've done. So we. And I uh, hate it for our arts and crafts folks, but those I get tenfold those applications yeah. compared right. to right. the farmers. <laughs> yeah, and I got to balance also how many people we have coming with how many farms we have because you know um, you want to keep your those vendors extremely happy. Um, but we shifted and we did we did wait we didn't get right to seventy percent, but we got close. I think we got sixty five percent. Oh wow! Yeah. So that was it was a good move. Um, and to be clear, we are considered by that authority that by that governing body to be a, a sanctioned market, sanctioned market. so we we can sell stuff and there are farmers who come yeah. and right. sell stuff and that actually impacts the ability we, for we people, don't sell stuff for people but. to redeem like the different programs they have going on right, for right, like right. the elderly or the, where they can come use their nutrition vouchers mm. at yeah. the market so they also go out and make sure that they're actual local alabama farmers that we're using so that's all that's really good uh, and very helpful for us. Um, so yeah, our vision is, I feel like better back on track. We're not, you know, the, the certified thing would be great to have, um, uh, as a certification. And I, and I told them, I want to be in line with what you're saying for the first time, really. Mm-hmm. We probably always were in line in our, in our thinking if I had thought about it, but, um, you know, it takes me a while to learn stuff. So, <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we're all guilty of that in some category yeah. or another. Yeah. We used to have a just a funny little story. We used to have a, what we call a sitability score. Um, like we, that's why we have all the tables and chairs out. Okay. From the beginning, I mean, 
when we started, this was on Saturday mornings, and we knew in some ways we'd be competing with like a big pepper place. Right. Who was awesome, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we didn't feel like we were competition. We really thought, okay, West Homewood is who we're targeting this market for. And right. so right. it's convenient. And But it was not only tough to get up really early. Y'all, we get at the market to set up and stuff at sometimes or before noon. Yeah. Right. We're definitely, and if, we're anybody, doing if anybody doesn't week. know, it happens on Tuesday evenings oh, yeah. thank you. starting yep. at five. Yes. yes. And so in order to be ready by five, you're here at noon. Noon or before. Or and sometimes, before, you know, sometimes we do, I mean, usually we do other stuff during the week too, like set yeah. up signs on the road. Right. So and, but it's an yeah. all, it's an all day process as William can attest to yeah. getting the thing ready to go. Um, last night was, challenging because at five o'clock um it started to rain i mean pretty hard right. it was uh it yeah. was exciting because it's been raining for the last i know million it won't days stop. I'm hey, such, it won't stop hey this is a good thing it <laughs> is i'm not complaining god's like i'm taking care of the land the animals. Um, yep. anyway so we you know last night was tough because we spent hours and hours and hours setting up and getting ready for the thing and then our william especially did and and the great teenagers we have working with us who i'd love to call out by name but i won't um <laughs> The, um, you know, and then to have it potentially get canceled is just tough. And you got to worry about people, danger and lightning and tornado, you know. And customers for the vendors, too. That is a big concern. But last night we had had a lot of people. 500 plus people. I handed out 250 bags to to families. Um, So that's awesome. That surprised me um, that we would have that many on the cool grocery bags. Yeah. Reusable. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, obviously, you guys are in the middle of your what you would call like your summer markets. Yes. Um, what else is going on right now with the farmers market, and and what what's kind of coming up in the near future that people could know about? Yeah. So as Jonathan mentioned, we're we're there every Tuesday night, and it's every Tuesday in June, July, and the first Tuesday of August, and so and and like if people want to be reminded of that, there yes. are some ways to do that. Like, uh, you have an email list. Yeah, so we have... We can um, put all this in the show notes. Yeah. For That'd be great. So westhomewood.com. Uh, we got that a long time ago. Um, when you go there, you'll get a... If you're on a web uh, desktop version versus your phone, you'll get a pop-up that allows you to join our email list. You can go to our Facebook page. Yeah, social um, media accounts, Instagram. Yeah, a bunch of them, yeah. So, so that way, pe- those are ways people would know, like, yes. for instance, if rain did cancel it yes. or whatever. Yes. You know? And just for a point of clarification, we will cancel a market at noon on the day of the market Unless we know there's going to be potential tornadoes like earlier than that. Or um, thunderstorm contingencies or things like It would that. have to be, but for us to cancel it before noon, it had to be, we'd have to really know it's going to be some dangerous weather. But, right. But sure. we do cancel it by noon. We put it all over everything, email and social media. So you can, you can pay attention to that. Um, that's, those are the easiest ways to, yeah. to hear, to know what's going on. And then the one thing that's going on that's pretty big will be, um, we're going to have – we did this several years back, and we did it for three or four years. We have the National Night Out where the police and the fire, the rescue folks come out, and they will bring out all kinds of fun, cool, you know, the police cars and we've had fire ladder trucks, simulators yeah. here and everything. It was really – they, they really do a good job doing that. And so that will be the last market, August 3rd. Okay. First, first Tuesday of August and our last market. So um, – And kids love it. Yeah, they do. Because they get to talk and interact with the policemen and firemen and yeah. women. Um, yeah. Pretty great. 
The other thing we have for kids most of the time, unless it's raining, is a sprinkler, which... Yeah. Man, they love that stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Parents, as, as a parent, we love yeah. it, I know too. it's the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Y'all used to have a sign. I don't know if you still... Do you still have the sign that's like, unattended children uh, will be given... No, we have it. Puppy. I don't have it out there, but I feel like, given I feel something like in a get, free puppy. We've had to give away too many puppies, and that just didn't... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, I feel, like, uh, I feel like now we could get in trouble for false advertisement. Uh, yeah. But the, the puppies are like, you're not taking care of me. Oh. Anyways... No, no, yeah. that's that's hilarious. What what's coming up? Do you guys have a uh, a fall market or anything yeah, like that? Yeah, so we are we are just a summer market now. Okay, I know Shades has done things that we'll help participate in. I don't know what's sure. I don't know if there's anything coming up like that. So I guess if I could just transition into starting the the nonprofit, yeah, just yeah. give you a little information yeah, on sure. that. Let's yeah. talk about because I think it's important to know why we before that we were a small group really here at Shades Valley and and we've had I wish I could name everybody. We've had, you know, when we started we had somewhere between ten and fifteen people in a small group. And every one of them were so vital vitally important. Um, you know, several have are still doing it. Um I hate almost someone thinking that I'm such a big deal in this because man, there are people that have been working just as hard as me. Um so I always want to give those folks credit. But we were a small group, and you know, I've always been concerned that the public would think that w- the church is making money on this, or you know, just which to be clear, Kenyon, how many dollars has the church made on this? <laughs> I think zero. Zero is the correct answer. Maybe maybe negative two hundred. Um, if we <laughs> um, now we charge vendors booth fees. We um, you know, there are fees that go in and out of our account. Right, but um, all that's poured straight back into the market. 100%. Um, and the only people we pay, so I'm paid zero. William has graciously been paid zero. Um, <laughs> but And it's not that we couldn't pay. I just decided that I that I was, it just would, for me, be a something I didn't want to do. So, um, and of course, n- none of the, uh, most of the adults are paid zero. Um, that have been involved. We've occasionally helped someone out or whatever that worked. Um, all the teenagers are paid to come and help set up. It's about the only way you can get a teenager to do anything. <laughs> yeah. Now you could give Richard Hart reputation points. Oh, I'll have to ask him about that if you ever get him on. Uh, it's basically indulgences <laughs> translated into the Reformed Church. So, there's oh, the biblical version of that. Um, anyways, um, so we, um, frankly, there are a lot of organizations that are out there that would love to to sponsor, donate to the, what we're doing here, but they just have simply a policy that they can't they can't they can't give to churches, and it may be because there's three or four hundred of them in Birmingham, and that would, you know, that'd be somewhat of a nightmare to have to handle all that. So we were falling in that category a lot and trying to do some fundraising, um, and so I approached the elders and. Asked if, well, and I, I might back up. I've been the market manager for 10 years. William is the market manager this year. Three years ago, I decided to step down as the market manager at the 10-year mark, after the 10-year mark. And so William graciously has stepped into that role. And he's helping me a lot. Well, <laughs> listen, um, anyway, so, yeah, and I'm so grateful for what he's doing. But the purpose of the organization is really about that vision that I thought the market would just be one initiative that that I, my hope is that you know what I really have have hoped and I'm in some ways disappointed in myself <laughs> over this but is that people would catch the vision of doing something good 
and seeing the community that it builds and kind of taking the same approach. And I think, I'll speak for Christians, I think Christians ought to be champions of this kind of thing. And so there are a bunch Agreed. of really cool ideas that are out there. You can just watch TED Talk and find people doing amazing things that are good. And um, well, Wendell Berry, as yeah. Jonathan mentioned, is a little bit extreme for a lot of people. He he is inspiring, and uh, his 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 literature and his lifestyle are they speak to a lot of people's hearts. And mm. I really recommend maybe yeah. reading some of his stuff. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so. And so through starting uh, the West Homewood Company, you started a, a – you've taken the market, and the market is now completely and totally a separate thing, its own yes. uh, organization. 100%. And, but you started it under the banner of the West Homewood Company, right. if I'm understanding correctly, correct. uh, as a hope that other initiatives might be birthed out of the West Homewood Company. That's correct. And we actually did birth an initiative uh, that started, I believe, around January where we're telling the stories. Um, we call it turning neighbors into friends. Yeah, so when I made a map of West Homewood, I actually drew, just because I have a big map in my office, I drew just the neighborhood right here around the park. And I was quickly pointed out that there at West Homewood goes up, there's a whole bunch of communities up in, they go up towards Bluff Park. Mm -hmm. There are neighborhoods behind, on the other side of Oxmoor, apartments, et cetera, that, that are there. And they're all part of West Homewood. And I realized, and I think, and also anybody that stopped by, so we opened up a new office that's in the 186 building, which incidentally, we're probably going to shut down. Um, they gave us a very sweet deal to have an office and I can't justify the new, new and normal rent. It's fair. It's all right. that. All that's fine. I, I don't want right. to, this is, they were very kind to me. Mm-hmm to let us have that there. And it's been really a great experience, but it's not needed. Um, but that being said, this map, that was my vision of what West Homewood was. Well, it's much bigger and people don't know each other. Mm. One of the things Ron Pate says is you can't, you can't love someone unless you know them. And so, I mean, you can do things that love generally people, but yet in some ways you just got to know them to love them. And um, part of, Part of loving somebody is pursuing knowledge of them. Yeah. And I think that's evident in mm. Christianity and yeah. the, the depths of Christianity and in our treatment of other people. Yeah, that's so, so true. And, and our hope was that people would, that maybe you see someone walking in a park that you don't know, you live in the same neighborhood, or you're at the store, or at the gas station, wherever you are, and if you read their story, there's just an easy connection to start talking to them and building community. And you learn things, you know, it's not their story, like their whole story. It's sure. a story among many stories that we're mm. on. So, so what avenue are y'all sharing those stories through? They also come through and we may think of a different avenue because it's a little confusing for our vendors who <laughs> also will probably separate their communication. Uh, um, but through, through our social media site, through our same emails that you would get for the farmer's market. Okay. So it's an, you can sign up same place. Um, and we'll publish. We'll publish. We have been publishing those um, weekly before the market. We stopped during the market; just that'd be too many. Um, but our hope is to is to continue those. I am looking for writers that would like to give their time to this. Um, it's really, and to me, it's really fun and a great way to learn to interview people and and try to find a story that is 
a good story to tell. And these are um, these are interviews of uh, people who live, work, and play in West Homewood. Correct. And the 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 purpose is not just to find you know an interesting story, but to realize that I think everyone's story is in some respect interesting Mm -hmm. um and to be able to appreciate them for who they are and for you know their participation in the world um yeah well said so well maybe here uh as we get closer to closing like how um maybe i can combine Mm. these questions um you know kind of what are what are your hopes for the future of the market and how can we be praying for you as you pursue that so I think our vision is still the same, which is to, oh, and if we didn't say it, so in having a farmer's market, we believe that we're helping take care of land and animals by taking care of the people that do, the farmers, and people that responsibly, you know, sell meats and, and byproducts of, of animals. Um, and there, um, we have a lot of great people that do that. So our vision will stay the same there. You know, we added the the vision of having a safe community uh, event, which is well-established. We might see that shift a little bit, how we do it. Um, that's not as important to us as primarily taking care of land and animals and then having a good community event. But our real vision is that people will get connected. And, and you know, both to Shades Valley members as well as to the community, we want to invite you to these things. We, we're not in any way want to guilt you or feel like you have to do anything. We this these are we spend all this time so that you feel invited into a space that is healthy, fun, uh, educational, mm-hmm. um, and good for you. Um, so that won't change, and I think those same principles. And by the way, if you do a study of the image of God, there's lots of things you beat that you can see about God's character that can be applied to these initiatives. You know, that's yeah, that's personally from us. So, I guess my real vision is that more initiatives would be birthed, and that would you know now that we've seen that people are looking for community and they're looking for um, they're willing to be a part of something good. Um, it should inspire us to to want to do those kind of. Things. I mean, I'll give you one example that we actually did launch that could be launched by someone out there, and that is time banking. And it's, this is done all over the world, and it's really done better when you have a community that's already got sort of a tight knit thing going on, and you essentially use time as currency. And what using time is, you know, um, it's like bartering with time. It is. And everybody's time is relatively equal, so an hour's an hour. And to be a part of the group, you've, you're vetted, um, and you trade. You know, people might cook for each other. They might tutor for each other, mow a lawn. Sure. Yeah, come work at the market. But you do have a limited number of hours that you well, can give to these things so yeah. that no one one person ends up being the only person who does anything. Well, you can actually say no. Like, well, that too. You know, if you get a request. and all, There's software that handles all yeah, this. Yeah. Um, but that's just a great idea that really part of some of the principles that we looked at is, you know, God requires stuff from us. He, he doesn't just give us everything. He requires something back. 
And so people have been made, again, to reflect his image in that way. We've been made to both give and to receive, right? So being able, you take, um, a lot of times we'll just give stuff to people without anything in return required back. And sometimes that's okay. But they were made to also give back. And if you give them a way to do that, by they have time a lot of times that they can give. And I love that concept in this in time banking is that you can you can trade something that everybody has as a resource, um, some more than others. But um, and they feel good about it, you know. So it's just an example of another initiative mm-hmm. that could be built. Yeah, and one thing is, um, you know, one thing that, that I've realized is it's very important to me to I don't know my hopes for the for particular my personal hopes for the church that they would recognize the good in these things and that they would realize to some extent we can't do I mean we we certainly can't do this on our own um but that there is opportunity to participate in say for, you know, in church language, to witness to the goodness of God by participating in loving the community and loving the environment, and you know, having dominion in a good, godly sense of the word hmm. over creation. Um, I that is that has grown increasingly, increasingly important to me. I'm not excellent at it by any means. But I know with help, I can grow, um, and that's that's what I hope a lot of these, a lot of the church members that we're surrounded by, realize. You know, I I recognize that on my own I cannot reduce my plastic waste to zero, or I cannot um, manage a garden perfectly on my own. I cannot. Um, Gosh, I can't responsibly use electricity. I can't. There's so many things I can't do on my own, but in community, a lot of these things are very feasible. Um, so, you know, if you, if you, for instance, have a community compost pile, you have a place for people to put their organic waste. That's not meat, to be clear. Um, not meat, nor omnivore, nor carnivore feces. Um, for anyone who's interested in the compost pile. <laughs> um, but if you have a community compost pile, a lot of the people who are less interested in gardening can still have a place to be responsible with their organic waste. And a lot of the people who are interested in gardening, gardening have a way to, to, to obtain resources for their, for their gardens. Um, I mean, it's it's just a simple thing like that. That's just one of billions of possible examples. Well, yeah, kind of piggybacking off of that. I mean, how how can people be involved in the West Homewood Farmers Market? How can people be involved in the yeah. West Homewood Company? What are ways that people can do that? So, um, some in some ways, you can definitely just help um, volunteering, volunteering yeah. at the market, um, especially at the end of the market. We're exhausted, and, yeah. and taking down at eight o'clock is. We've had people just show up. We used to, 
ask small groups to come and just show up and help. And man, that is like a gift from heaven for us because uh, I walk, if I'm there all day, so William does this somewhere in the neighborhood of 20,000 steps, 20 to 25,000 steps in a day, which is, I think 12,000 yeah. or 12, not 12,000, but 12 miles. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a lot and we're exhausted. So that's one way they can do it. I used to tell people though, when we had a group called what is good still, and I would say, I, we don't need so much volunteers. I want you to come learn this. I was way more interested in you knowing why we're doing it than, than needing the help. Yeah. Honestly, if you understand, if from even this conversation, you understood mm-hmm. enough to go get involved in an initiative, we are a resource for you to help you get it started. Um, we can give you our experience of doing it. Um, and by the way, as you can tell, William knows way more about <laughs> farming stuff than I do. So <laughs> let me encourage you. You don't have to know as much as William does about stuff like that to be involved. I've been doing it for 11 years. And I could really honestly care less about land and animals before this. <laughs> now I care more. Right. Mm-hmm. I think um, I think education is a big thing. And yeah. it's not it's not seeking to know as much as a farmer does. Yeah. It's seeking to know enough to be responsible in the ways that we're called to be responsible. Sure. And and you know, that's that's gonna vary from person to person. Um but you know, seeking to know a little bit more. So that you can you can be responsible in the little things, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I'm not an expert by any means. Um, Kenyon says I, he doesn't know as much about farming as me, but I'm I, I'm obviously not I'm a done. farmer. Kenyon says a lot of things. <laughs> I had to come back with something one more time. Now, uh, yeah. so if anybody wants to do any of these things, uh, inquire about starting an issue, volunteer, all of that, the best way for them to get in contact with you is through the website. Yes. Okay. It's really info at westhomewood.com. So right. Simple too. Info at westhomewood.com. Right. Yep. Well, we will definitely put that email address and the website, social media stuff, all of that in the show notes. But we just thank you all for taking some time. Well, one, for taking the time that you take every week mm. to execute yeah, the market sure. and to make it happen and just for what you're doing in and for the community. And, uh, and then we do also thank you all just for taking the time mm. out sure. today to come and, sit and chat with us for a little while and um and hopefully maybe this could even be a, a resource for y'all to be able to pass along awesome. to people to yeah. say hey if you want to hear more about the history and why we do what we do here it is yeah thank I you thank you guys for having us this yeah, is thanks. a great opportunity so i appreciate it this is a joy yeah. <laughs> and we'll, we'll definitely have y'all back at some point you know 20 years from now for <laughs> <me to> <laughs> right 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 well, thank you all for joining us. Be sure to check out westhomewood.com for more information. And we will see you next time. This has been another episode of Shades.